Get motivated, get educated, get growing your property empire with the How To Property Podcast with your host, Ryan Luke. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Uh, welcome to the uh, How To Property Podcast. Uh, my name's Ryan, and uh, on this episode, I have my fellow friend and property investor, Theo Alali, who is a HMO and single let investor. So we're going to dive into his story a bit, and I'm going to give him a bit of a grilling and ask some questions, uh, hopefully give you guys a good insight into how he works with his business, because I do think everyone's property business um, are very different, but um, obviously all aiming for the same goal. So... The idea of the um, podcast this week is, is all about building relationships. Um, I am a firm believer that building relationships is hugely important in the property game. And obviously, we'll get Theo's thoughts on it in a bit. Um, you know, but I think with building relationships with you know, landlords, especially if you're doing rent-to-rent sort of strategies or investors, um, you know, it, it means you can get in multiple deals and not just find one deal. I think uh, you know, when people are working with uh, estate agents with a phone call with no relationship built. Yes, they might get one or two deals, but then you know the book stops, and then they've got to go and get more and more deals. So, you know, the idea is um, for me. I know I've built my portfolio by working with you know portfolio landlords and um, you know investors, showing them that we can do a good job, and then you know they offer you more and more property as they you know gain more and more trust, and um, you know that is one one reason that I guess I've scaled quite quickly and it's something that I'm hugely important uh, I find I'm something that I'm hugely passionate about sorry uh, and when I'm coaching people we, we we always discuss about building relationships I see too many people going into things uh, like a bull in a china shop they you know just want to go straight in for the deal straight in for the kill and you know I think property is a people's game and you know the more you build a relationship um, you know the more you the more you're going to get out of it at the end of the day so um, well, here Theo's thoughts on that. Um, obviously, Theo and I, um, we didn't know each other before property, so we've built our own relationship through property, uh, but obviously we're good friends now, and um, we were just talking before the show how he aims to beat me at golf in a few weeks, um, which is never going to happen, and uh, we'll update you on that one, but um, it's, uh, you know, that is, you know, you build a relationship, and not only do you become, you know, investors, partners, JV partners, you become good friends as well, which is a great thing about property, because Everyone can do property in a total different way that, you know, and I think there's enough stock out there for everybody. You know, it doesn't matter how much money you've got, you can never buy all the property in the UK. So people are willing to share uh, the sort of tips, secrets, hints, you know, and help each other get further ahead in the game. Whereas there are many other industries where that just wouldn't happen because, you you know, you wouldn't probably get marketing sort of people sharing secrets because they want to get ahead of each other. Um, you know, whereas, and they want to steal business off each other. It's just, you know, whereas property, it doesn't really work like that. I think people want to help each other's journeys because there's enough stock out there and, um, you know, it's a great industry to be in and it's why we all uh, work so hard and push it forward. But, you know, at the end of the day, once you get it going and, you know, once you get into it full time, um, you know, like Theo and I are, then the the freedom that that brings is, um, I guess, what we all aim for at the beginning when we started off. Again, we'll get Theo's thoughts on kind of where he was before property and, you know, w- where he's at now and kind of what made him take that leap as well. So, um, so that being that, let's dive straight into Theo's story. Um, Theo, uh, first and foremost, do you want to just tell us a bit about how you got started in property? 
Hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me. No problem. Um, so, yeah, how I started in property was, um, I mean, my, my father was, did have a, he had a few buy-to-lets. Um, so growing up, I was always around that, that in property investment um, environment. And, uh, and when I was about 19, I decided to, uh, to, to jump into property. Um, before that, I'd worked different jobs and, 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 and at one point I had a business as well. Um, and, and, and I saved up enough money to, uh, to put down on a, on a house in, uh, in Middlesbrough, just a two up, two down house. And at 19, I was a landlord. It was just a, a standard single let. And yeah, I didn't really have that property mindset at the time. It was just the case of I've got X amount of cash. Let's put it in a property because it's a safe place to invest. Um, and then I went back to, I was at university, went back to university, um, finished my engineering degree and then um, pursued my career in, in engineering. And I didn't really... It was it come down to sort of working in a nine to five and, and, and working in a job and whatnot. Um I didn't really enjoy the restrictions of being in a in a full time job. Um and by that time I probably had this property taken over for about five years and I'd noticed how easy it was um that this property had been paying me time and time again for every single month for the last five years. And I thought to myself, hang on a minute, I think I'm doing all this wrong. Um, I think I need to scale this property business up um, in order to to achieve what everybody wants to achieve, which is financial freedom. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So did you um, did you execute the buy, refurbish, refinance strategy on that first property? On, not on the first property, no. So at, at the time, um, I wasn't really aware of... The, the buy refurbish refinance strategy i was i wasn't aware of of the different sort of strategies out there i hadn't been uh, i didn't have any education in in property it was just more or less um, i've got the cash let's put it in our house um but but then a few years later when i did decide that i do want to pursue property um i started educating myself by by listening to podcasts um Obviously, this is a great podcast to to, to begin with, um, and listening to uh, listening to audio books, reading books, um, speaking to to people, just like what you said, touching about relationships, make um, developing relationships with with people that are ahead of me, um, and and I, and it's at that point that I realised, hang on a minute, everybody's going on about buy, refurbish, refinance. I've got an unencumbered property there. Yeah. Um, so why don't I refinance that property, pull my money back out, and then start the, the start the portfolio? Yeah. So um, in 2017, I decided to do exactly that. Um, so yeah, I ended up pulling my, my initial deposit from that house that I bought when I was 19, and then I, I bought a property um, using the BRR strategy. Yeah, cool. It's amazing how many people get into property and just do it that sort of old-fashioned, save up hard for a deposit and then get a couple hundred quid a month rent out of it or profit out of it and sort of build that pot back up very slowly. Uh, it kind of blows people's minds when you 
write down on a bit of paper exactly how they can keep spinning the same deposit through a property time and time again. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it 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 opened my mind up um, as soon as I figured out the, the buy, refurbish, refinance strategy. The that exactly what you said. You're using that one deposit over and over again. You just keep recycling it, and uh, yeah, and that and that's how I built up my portfolio. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. I was. When I first did my first one, I'll never forget thinking like, does this actually work? Even though, you know, you'd read about it and you try and you would even as the mortgage process was going through and the value were coming out. I don't know whether you were the same, but I was like, does this actually work? And then lo and behold, obviously the money hits your bank account from your solicitor (laughs) a few weeks later and you're like, all right, fair enough, that does work, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I was very dubious about it, to be honest. I did have, um, I wasn't sure that it was going to work. Um, but like you said, uh, once you do that first one and the survey comes out, values of property up, they might not value it up to, to exactly what you wanted it to. But I mean, that, that's that's another thing uh, is get, getting experience and engaging um, the property market and, and property values. But yeah, and then manage, managing to pull out um most if not i mean it's very difficult to pull out all your money but most if not all of your money back out of that property yeah yeah cool what um what would you say your major struggles were at the beginning of your journey so my struggles at the beginning were i think everybody suffers from this it's like uh paralysis and uh sorry analysis paralysis where you're just over analyzing deals at the beginning you're trying to find that perfect deal which which doesn't yeah. exist um you see i mean i see this time and time again with with people that that are starting out with pro- in, in property i mean i suffered from this at the beginning but then I, I, f- I figured out that there is no such thing as a perfect deal um so yeah i struggled with that for the, for the first um sort of the first the first time when i was um, getting into property um and then it was um the, com- the, the finding deals, I struggle to get find deals um, below market value mm-hmm. because you think to yourself, who's going to sell me a property 20, 25, 30% below market value? Uh, it's just, again, it's one of those things where you don't really believe it's going to happen until you actually do it. So, yeah, I didn't really have the confidence in, in sort of approaching estate agents and, and making uh, daft offers. Um, so, yeah, I would say they're, they're sort of my main, my main struggles when I was starting property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, uh, the analysis paralysis is something you see time and time again. People, and I say it all the time, like you can't buy a deal from behind a laptop. You know, there's so many people that, you know, uh, uh, you know, looking for that perfect deal and won't go on viewings until the spreadsheet tells them it's a perfect deal. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, I've bought many a property where it's offers over X amount of money and we've bought them for 15 grand less, you know, when you get into the integrity yeah. of negotiation, you know. So, um, you know, I would not let those offers over titles put you off on, on right move. Um, you know, I think that is just an estate agency ploy. You know, when I recently sold my house, uh, my family home, the estate agent said, to put offers over and I was like well no that's the maximum that I'll have for it you know they were like yeah but we'd like to try and get you more and I was like yeah but I'm, I'm quite happy with just getting that you know so it is just a ploy and I think sometimes the vendors don't even want it on but the estate agents put the tag on there so um, yeah. you know, once you get out there when um, at what point did you did you know that you wanted to do property full time so it was at the point where I mean I was I was so my background is engineering project management um, and I, 
and I did enjoy that job. I love I love the, the nature of the job. But what I didn't like is what a lot of people I'm sure can relate to is the restrictions of having a nine to five job, being at work at a certain amount of time, um, having a request permission to go on holidays and uh, taking days off and the rest of it. Um, whereas I've got I had this property in the background that I'd bought several years ago. And like I said, this property was just sort of paying me month in, month out. So that, that's when I realised that I don't really need a nine to five job to, uh, to, 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 to basically uh, build my income. Mm-hmm. Um, I could just scale up uh, my property portfolio um, and then that will sustain my lifestyle and my family. Yeah. Um, what was the deciding factor? The deciding factor, what went to, went to what, leave full time? Yeah, take the plunge, yeah, and go full time. Yeah, well, the deciding factor was sort of building up my my monthly sort of um, income to replace my existing income. Um, and basically having the confidence to sort of take that leap. Um, and, it, and it helped a little bit that things weren't going very well at work either. Um, the, the the company had just been divested by the parent company and it'd been bought out by another company and it's just the whole um, the whole morale of the company wasn't great so that made the decision a little bit easier yeah but the primary factor was the fact that I built I managed to build up um, an income that replaced my my job income my day my day job income mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay a bit I get asked this quite a lot as well. Did you replace the exact amount and then leave, or did you go a bit further and then leave? Uh, no, so, so I probably done. Uh, probably went the the, the, the other way. way. I probably went uh, a little bit less. Right. So I uh, yeah, I replaced my, my income with a little bit less, but I took a little pay cut. But it what it done is it freed up a lot more of my time, so then I could focus on building up that that income. And within a matter of months off leaving my job, I'd actually um, surpassed what I was getting from yeah. my day job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. So Makes it, just sense. Exce- it just accelerated everything, to be honest. Yeah, well, I think, you know, it's like, you know, you put yourself under a bit more pressure, don't you, as well, because you know you need to do it. So it's going to make you work a bit harder as well. So, uh, yeah. you know, I think that sort of scarcity mindset. Cool, cool. So what are you focusing on right now? Um, so at the minute, I'm... Uh, I'm looking at building, just keep building my, my, my portfolio. Um, at the minute, I'm, I'm uh, building up the singlets. I'm yeah. doing some direct-to-vendor marketing campaigns. Um, and then I'm also uh, trying to buy some more HMOs as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and the other thing is I'm, I'm doing, um, I've got a project management company that I co-own with a friend of mine, David Lamb. And we're, we're we're scaling that business up as well. So yeah, we've got a few things going on. Yeah, have you got a? Is that the commercial to resi thing that you got going on at the minute? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, so we uh, we project manage various projects from anything from sort of small refurbishments to uh, commercial or residential conversions. Cool, cool. Where um, big question at the minute, obviously post COVID. Where do you see the market going? Post-COVID. Um, where, where we are now, obviously. Well, where we are now. So, I mean, we're in a little bit of a bubble at the minute. Yeah. Um, so it's got a property prices, Yeah, property prices are sort of really inflated. Um, 
and it it's going to burst. This bubble is going to burst. How much is it going to burst by? Nobody knows. Um, but yeah, especially I think after the furlough scheme ends, after the stamp duty holiday ends, um, which I don't see it. I don't see it happening till sort of early next year, to be honest. Okay. Um, but yeah. I think I think there will be a sort of uh, slight price reduction. How much of a price reduction? I'm not sure because I mean we invest in the northeast. So I invest in yeah. in and around Peaside, Middlesbrough, Stockton, um, in these areas, Darlington. Um, but prices here are already quite low compared to the rest of the country. So yeah. how much can they drop by? I'm not really sure. But I think if anything, we are not in property which will obviously benefit us property investors if um, and we can take advantage of that yeah I mean I would say we probably don't really invest for asset growth do we I would say it's all about no. the cash flow up here so um, yeah. they don't um, the prices probably aren't going to be too too affected or you know even you know even if they drop 5% on a 50, 60, 70 grand house it's not going to make that much difference in all honesty and exactly exactly uh, you know, well, and, and I guess your loss is only realised when you actually sell the property as well. So if you're holding on to it long term, yeah. um, it doesn't. I it's, am struggling to get below market value deals. Our pipeline's quite dry at the minute, uh, which is yeah. frustrating. But I, um, I do. I think it might happen a bit earlier. I'm sort of thinking late October, early November, we'll start seeing. You know, I think was it one in three fall through. So all of the the, the craziness that's going on now, quite a lot of them might not actually proceed into. Um, completions yeah and, uh, and i think they'll hit the market at a time where maybe it's starting to to reduce i'm definitely seeing a lot more email alerts with reduced tags on them uh, yeah you know so I, yeah I think the market's I've, I've starting to come well. down a bit so uh hopefully we can start getting stuck back into the bmv stuff um yeah the only way the only way i'm getting any deals at the minute is is direct to vendor um i'm not getting anything through estate agents at the moment because mm-hmm. because i mean the state agents are putting on these properties at inflated prices yeah um so yeah they're not going to entertain sort of silly offers from from the likes of us <laughs> no well, there's some there's some i think there's some silly pricing going on and someone might there buy is. it but i saw what i was looking at one the other day and the comparables were 45 grand and it was on for 70 and you're no. just like that's that's you're there's just no way how someone's going to sell that no, there's no way the survey will go around and, and, and value it up. And I, and I yeah, agree that's... with what you said. That's when I think we'll see these properties falling through and they'll, and they'll fall through at the wrong time when the market possibly will take a downturn. So yeah. Yeah. Just got, yeah. just, you've just got to be patient. You've just got to sit on your hands a little bit when you see when you see everybody buying and, 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 and everything selling for inflated prices. You've just got to take a little bit of a, a seat. Um and, and, and sort of watch everybody do watch everybody pay silly prices and we'll just pick them back up when it's uh, when they're a lot cheaper yeah yeah no I'm, I'm I'm fancying a rush of a rush of acquisitions sort of November December um, for sure so so um, obviously I have quite a chunk of um, rent to rent in my portfolio um, yeah. the last time we spoke you didn't have any. Um, I don't know whether that's still the case. Um, is there yeah. any particular reason why you don't? Yeah, I mean, I don't have any rent to rent. There isn't, to be honest, there isn't. Um, for me, it's more about sort of. I'm, I'm a bit of a control freak, so 
I don't feel comfortable personally. I don't feel comfortable spending money on, on someone else's property. Well, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, obviously, I do see the benefits of rent to rent, especially if if there's sort of if you're restricted on on the amount of funds that you've got to invest in, and obviously the the amount of capital that you need to to acquire rent to rent is significantly less than than buying them. But uh, yeah, I, that's the only reason to be honest. I haven't needed to because I've I've been in a fortunate position where I can sort of implement the buy refurbish refinance strategy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's just my personal opinion, really. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as I said, you know, earlier that everyone's got different ways of spinning this property game. Um, I mean, I use, I see rent to rent as a way to build my cash flow to buy assets. So, you know, I use yeah. it that way. So, you know, as long as the deals are right, whether on service accommodation or HMO style rent to rent deals, I use obviously the funds we build up from that to buy assets for the long term, you know, so it kind of works in a, a cycle for me um yeah but you know everyone's different i guess and everyone's got the as you say the different styles so um obviously this episode i, I did want to hammer home about building relationships um you know how important do you think building relationships are in the game yeah well uh, relationships are probably one of the most important things when it comes to investing in property if you're not good at building relationships in property you won't get very far because Property is a people's business. Um, you need to build relationships with with uh, estate agents if you want to get a chance of of buying properties at below market value. Um, you need to build relationships with with good mortgage brokers if you want the right type of advice um, and the right mortgage products. You need to build relationships with with investors if if you're wanting to raise raise private funds. Um, you need to build relationships with um, with other like-minded people that are also in the industry so you can bounce ideas off each other and you can pick each other's brains like how I do with you quite often, yeah. Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Um, we just bounce the ideas off each other. So, yeah, um, building relationships is it is key to uh, to property and, and without it, I don't think you will get very far. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think um, it is a people's game. I, I say, I say it quite often. It's not about the bricks and mortar for me. I think it's about the people, you know. Um, so, where do you tend to network? Where do you tend to spend most of your time? Yeah. So, I mean, before before lockdown, before coronavirus, I mean, I was doing a, a, quite a few um, sort of in person networking. Um, I've done the uh, the Northeast um, Investors Network, um, which are which are. I met you at yeah and then there's also another one in Darlington called the property thing that one's uh, quite a good networking event yeah uh yeah and then and then I do a lot of um online networking so on on zoom on facebook on instagram um yeah so virtual networking as as we've come to sort of know it um since since obviously the the coronavirus happened yeah yeah yeah, 100% what um so what what do you think property's done for you and your family? Yeah, well, what property's done for me and, and my family is, is basically give us the, the choice and, and freedom to sort of not be restricted in in having a nine-to-five job, not being restricted in working for somebody. Um, uh, yeah, I can I can basically structure my own day however I want to. If I if I want to take my family away to go on holiday, I can do it without asking for permission. Uh, yeah, so it gives us obviously the freedom um, of time uh, and and and, uh, and financial freedom as well. So 
yeah, it's it's definitely uh, changed our lives for the for the better. Happy days, good stuff. What um, if you met your younger self right now? What would what advice would you be? Uh, what advice would you be giving yourself? <laughs> yeah, it's it's great when it comes to uh, it's great in hindsight. But yeah, the um, start with the end in mind is is a is one that I would that I'd emphasise to be honest. Um, so sort of don't don't think small at the beginning. Think think a little bit bigger. Um, don't try and scrimp and scrape on certain things like like working with with professionals um, just because the fees might be a little bit more. Um, but if you pay more at the beginning, you might save more in the long run just yeah. because like, you won't need to change, for instance, um, like change to, to another sort of professional that can, that can um, work with, with your size of business. Um, the other thing is um, start with the end in mind when it comes to the sort of the type of properties that you want to you want to keep in your portfolio and the type of tenants that you want to, that you want to house in, in your in your properties. Um, at the beginning, I sort of I, I did start I started off with the sort of the cheaper properties and and the tenants sort of aren't, aren't the most um, desirable of people. But um, at the time, I was I was thinking just about sort of what funds I had at the time, and and, and that's what led me down to that path. But now coming to think of it, I should have sort of went for better properties. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, begin begin with the end in mind. Really, is one that I would emphasise. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. What um? So I mean, everyone kind of sees the success, uh, I guess, from from successful property investors, people that are doing it full time. Everyone thinks, you know, obviously you're doing things right all the time. Um, but I think you and I both know that behind the scenes, there's probably a lot that hasn't gone right. Um, yeah. What would you say is the the worst thing that's happened to you so far in your property journey? Yeah, I mean, fortunately, fortunately, I haven't had too many bad things. But something bad to me might be disastrous to somebody else. Mm. Um, but like I said um, at the beginning, I sort of bought, I did buy sort of the cheaper properties, and I've had I've had some undesirable tenants in these in these properties. Um, I've had I've had houses sort of. Um, I've had doors broken into. I've had windows smashed in. I've had, <laughs> I've had, I've had tenants doing runners with arrears. You know the usual stuff. Um, yeah. Not to put anyone off part- that's thinking about getting into property. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's just it's just part and parcel of of, of yeah. the business, really. Um, yeah. You can't you can't go into property thinking that it's all going to be sort of all rosy and and nothing bad's going to happen. You just you just take this as like a, you just write it off as a business expense. Um, so yeah, I would I would say sort of the the that's probably sort of as bad as it's got for me to be honest. Yeah, yeah, no cannabis farms yet. Uh, not yet. No, I mean I've 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 bought a few, but <laughs> I, haven't any, I haven't had any happen to myself. Because they're not cheaper, they're not cheap, but. Uh... What uh, on the flip side of the coin? What's the best thing that that's happened to you so far? Best thing would probably be um, my favorite deal. To be honest, like you know when you know when you get a property over the line mm. and you just think, what a ba- absolute bargain I bought this property for, and you can see that, and you can see the potential that you've that this property's got that some that somebody else hasn't seen. Yeah. Um, so, for instance, my um, one of my HMOs in in, in Middlesbrough, um, yeah, that, that was probably one of the best things. I bought it at just what was it, just under seventy grand in an auction. 
Yeah, um, I was telling us about this deal. It was yeah, deal, and, it? and it was an absolute steal, to be honest. And now that that same property sort of throws off two and a half grand a month. Perfect. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's probably sort of the best thing that's happened to me in, in property. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing one right now. Actually, at, um, similar sort of thing. Cheap, bought it quite cheap, and although right now it's in you know back to brick and in pieces, and but you can kind of start seeing the vision of it coming together and. Um, I'm quite looking forward to getting the photographer in there and getting the final pictures done once it's all kitted out with the furniture and the transformation that you can turn these properties into as well um, and try and do it on a budget as well or not a budget but you know trying to keep to keep the cost down you know, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. without going without, without going crackers and um, yeah. you know I think that's that's almost like a challenge in itself isn't it it's like a mini challenge within the challenge of getting it all done so yeah um, it's, a, it's a rewarding process when you take an ugly duckling and make it into a beautiful swan yeah 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 it's um, no it is I've got two on the go at the minute and they're, they're, they're both going to be you know five bedders but they're, they're such different properties you know one's obviously a lot older than the other one and yeah. it's so much easier to do the new one, obviously. But it's like, it's just, it, it, it's, it's amazing how quick properties can get into a bad state of repair if they're not looked after and not maintained on an ongoing basis. Yeah. Um, that's one of the good things I like about service accommodation is because we've got the cleaners in there at least, you know, once or twice a week in every property and the way that we run our apps and the reporting of everything, we're, we're, we're constantly on the maintenance so they're never really getting like disrepair. Whereas, you know, a tenant can go in for a year, year and a half and, you know, apart from the odd checks and stuff, there's nothing really you can do about them not cleaning, not, not you know, hoarding stuff and things like that. Yeah. And then you get them back and, um, and, they, and they can cost a bit. Whereas with the SA, I find like we're constantly on top of all the maintenance all the time. And you might feel like you're doing, spending a bit, but it's like, you know, sort of 50 quid here and 40 quid there. And it kind of, for me, just keeps on top of it all. Um, so the properties, whilst they get some hammer, they don't, they don't um, get it. Prevent, preventative yeah. maintenance rather yeah, than reactive maintenance. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly yeah. what it is. So, um, That's the best place to be. Yeah. So, all right, cool. We'll come to the end of you now. So uh, final question, um, what does, what's the future hold for you? What, what do you want to do in the next 12 months? Where do you see yourself? What are you aiming for? Yeah, so I mean, we're working on a couple of exciting projects at the minute. So I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm personally, I'm working with uh, some housing associations in in Teesside, um, and I'm providing sort of HMOs for them. So I'm, I'm going out buying HMOs uh, just to put in in into their sort of um, into their schemes, and, and they're giving us long leases. So that's I'm pursuing that um, quite heavily at the minute. Um, and then I'm also, uh, like I said, I've touched on sort of, I'm wanting to scale up my direct um, to vendor marketing campaigns um, for to, to just keep buying single lets because, yeah, single lets are a great addition to any portfolio. Um, yeah, and then and then we're looking at um, growing the, the project management business, really. Um, we've got a few projects on that that go at the minute. Um, commercial or residential uh, we've got two commercial or residential projects in in darlington and then we've got two hmos in uh, in middlesbrough as well that we're working on so yeah there's we've got quite a lot on in the, in the project management side um yeah and then and the i think the future is bright ryan <laughs> <laughs> no i agree i agree i think if you're definitely um, bright. i think if you've got cash and you're ready to go i think uh, the next 12 months could be quite good and, yeah, um, I think. You know, yeah, I, I agree. So, uh, I think we'll be looking. 
I think we'll be looking back at this time in the next 10 years and thinking what a great time to invest and especially if you're prepared um, financially um, prepared sort of and you've had the education and, and you know sort of what to do and how to do it then then I think we'll be in we'll be in good positions um, 12 months from now yeah you might be able to buy me a beer <laughs> I'll I'll buy you a couple of beers, right? <laughs> if um, thanks very much for having me on. It's just before we go. Um, obviously, I'm you know big on social media, and I think everyone should be connecting with everybody. So, if people want to get in touch with you, what, what's the best way? Yes, yeah, so I'm available on uh, Facebook, Theo Al Ali. Um, I'm available on Instagram again, Theo Al Ali. To spell that, it's T H E O. Surname is A L A L I. Um, yeah, and, and I'm available on LinkedIn again under the same tag. So feel free to, to reach out and connect, and I'll be happy to answer anyone's questions. Happy days. All right, Theo, thanks very much for coming on. Been an absolute pleasure uh, sharing your thoughts, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Right. Take Cheers, care. Cheers, buddy. Cheers.